When you blame others, you give up your power to change. Robert Anthony. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Earth Body, the podcast where wellness, spirituality, and environmentalism meet because they are all connected. Today, you are going to be hearing from little old me, no interview today, but I'm going to be talking about something that has shown up very strong in my life recently, and that is self-acceptance and the blame game. I'm sure many of you out there are familiar with that. It is very, very easy to blame people. So today I'm going to be talking about what radical self-acceptance is and how blame plays a big role in avoiding that radical self-acceptance. So before we begin, I just wanted to let all my Earth Body listeners know that I am offering all of you a free one-on-one discovery session. So that is a health coaching consultation. What that consists of is about 45 minutes to an hour of you and I talking about your deepest health and wellness goals and how we can reach them. Now, health and wellness is not limited to you know your diet or weight loss or X, Y, and Z, things that you think of immediately when you hear health and wellness. But health and wellness for me is all-encompassing, so it involves your career, your physical activity, your spiritual practice, uh, your relationships, and all of that is very important in addition to what you're putting on your plate and into your mouth every day. So I wanted to offer all of that up to you. I'll be putting that offer at the end as well. And if you need to reach me, if you would like to schedule a session... I do in person. I am located in Nyack, New York, and I also do it over Zoom or over the phone. So I can reach anyone, anywhere in the world, anytime. So I would love to connect with you and help you on your health and wellness journey. I'll give you my contact information at the end as well. So radical self-acceptance. What does that mean? So let's break it down. Radical. When you think of radical, when I think of radical, I think of out there, crazy, you know, very extreme um, (laughs) revolution, that kind of thing. So when we are radically accepting ourselves, it's a very extreme way of accepting ourselves. And to simply break down self-acceptance is to allow ourselves to be happy and okay and satisfied with ourselves. Now, personally, I know that myself and many people around me have a lot of trouble accepting themselves. And even when people look like they have it all together, like they know who they are, they're in their identity, there are very frequently parts of ourselves that we do not accept. And I think it's also a societal thing. A lot of people, again, including myself, I never want to say a lot of people and exclude myself because everything I'm speaking about is something that I've experienced and that I've been through, and I don't want it to seem like I'm putting myself up on this pedestal like, I don't do this, you know, I'm, I'm better than that. Not the case at all. I'm speaking here because I have experienced this. It's been a situation in my life, and it's what I've learned is a common situation in many other people's lives. So I hope we can connect on that level. So as what I was saying is a societal thing, it's very hard for us to accept all aspects of ourselves. And when I say that, I mean certain things like accepting our anger, accepting our sadness, accepting what confuses us, accepting what we may not be that good at, 
accepting certain things that are outside of our gender roles, accepting, you know, past situations that maybe we had little to no control over, but society deems as unworthy or less than. So we don't hold it as part of our identity or we don't accept it as part of ourselves. And what this does, what this lack of self-acceptance does, even on a basic level, is that it pushes these parts of ourselves away. It creates this resistance and this force against parts of ourselves that are intrinsic, that are are present in us. So it's like it's <laughs> it's like looking at your hand and not liking it and being like, I don't have a hand. And obviously, you know, you can say it as many times as you want and you're still gonna have a hand or you know, any body part, but you are gonna create this hatred and this resentment and this resistance towards loving it. And it's going to become this part of you that is crippling or debilitating or creates this unrest in your heart and in your soul. And so if you think of that very tangible, that physical example of your hand, think about the other parts of you that you're pushing away constantly. I know for myself, there are parts of me that really hate being criticized. I have a very, very hard time and parts of myself come into criticism and come into the light like that. I push it away, I push it away, I push it away. And this fear and this anger and this judgment that I'm unlovable comes up because I'm being criticized because I feel like I've done something wrong. And whether that's the case or not, it becomes, it becomes a part of me that I neglect and don't give love to. And when we're talking about radical self-acceptance, which is pretty tied together with self-love, if we're not loving certain parts of ourselves, we're not not having self-love. Self-love is all-encompassing. It's accepting and honoring every aspect of ourself, every body part, every thought, every feeling. You know, even if we don't need to take all of those feelings and thoughts and ideas to heart that come up in our head, you know, a lot of them aren't ours. Some of them are part of the collective consciousness. Um, And what I mean by that is that there's a lot of energy, a lot of different stigma, a lot of different uh, thoughts floating around about different people, places, situations, X, Y, Z, that aren't even ours. With this media age that we're in, we're so susceptible to all of those things because we're constantly bombarding ourselves with them. So it's very hard to avoid and to decipher what's ours and what's not. So when we have that kind of confusion in our brain, we're getting pummeled with all of these different thoughts and feelings, some of which we just plain old don't like. And those sometimes can be ours and sometimes they're not ours. But regardless, if we are putting energy and effort into suppressing them and neglecting them and hating them, we are not able to fully accept ourselves on any level because that happens to be a part of us. So what I've noticed when myself and when others continue to push these parts of themselves away, it can become incredibly toxic. When people do this, when they neglect the parts of them, again, that are just deemed unacceptable in their mind, it can start to manifest in many different ways. First, it can get 
you know, increasingly worse. So it's like leaving mold alone, you know, you know, it's there, you know, it's going to grow, but you just kind of walk away from it. And then it becomes this much, much bigger problem. So that can happen in our minds, you know, it can become something that haunts us because we're not paying attention to it. Or it can show up physically, you know, a lot of people who have chronic illness or suffer from cancer. I mean, there's so many different cases. I'm not trying to generalize here, but a lot of that can be from not loving and not honoring all parts of ourselves and really denying it, you know, going so far as to deny that part of yourself because you're afraid of judgment, you're afraid of not being loved, you're afraid of getting hurt and being vulnerable. They're all they're all one and the same. We all want to be loved. That is that is human desire is to be loved. And when that doesn't happen or when we see a threat in that happening, we go into this protective mode because to be unlovable is to have no purpose, you know, to have have nothing. You know, we want to be loved even if it's by another, even if it's by an animal, you know, even if it's by anyone else outside of ourselves, but most importantly, ourselves. At the end of the day, people, we are all we have. So if we can't love and radically accept ourselves, who the fuck is going to? Seriously, it, it's such a reality check that no matter what happens in your life, you have your body, you have your breath, you have your mind, and you have your thoughts, and no one else is going to be able to dig you out of a hole that you create for yourself except you. And I'm really saying that from from a heart place, from the heart. Like it, It's been so apparent for me in so many situations in my life. I personally have experienced a lot of pain that I have created for myself and have expected other people to get me out of. I have been incredibly lucky and blessed to have parents as therapists, to be surrounded by healers of all kinds of modalities throughout my life. I have, not bragging, but I have so many resources. It's incredible. And it's also very overwhelming in a way. So I've I've dealt with depression a lot throughout my life. And a lot of it now in retrospect, looking back, has been from not accepting these parts of myself. And what makes it even more uncomfortable is when someone else, like my partner, can recognize that in me, but I can't recognize it in myself. And it's so frustrating. It's so, so frustrating. And it hurts because I'm not seeing that in myself and I know I should be able to. But from years and years of negative self-talk and from collecting evidence, you know, that I'm not good enough or that I'm selfish or that I am not worthy of love or affection or, you know, the list goes on. But I realized that in this depression, like looking back, not being in the depths of it, because you can't really see much else when you're in the depths of depression. It's just kind of this dark cloud and this heavy weight on your chest all the time. But now that I'm in a better place, I can recognize and I know that the only way that I got out of it was shifting my mindset and changing what I was doing. 
I was expecting, you know, this shamanic healer to help me or that therapist to really fix it for me. And by all means, those different sessions and those therapies have helped me leaps and bounds. But at the end of the day, if I'm still telling myself that I'm a piece of shit, I'm still going to feel terrible. So we need to work on this concept of radical self-acceptance, of honoring and rejoicing and celebrating ourselves, you know, being like, I am freaking beautiful. Even if you don't believe it, radically accepting that this is your beauty, this is where you're at right now on your journey, and that's it. That's it. Saying, I am capable beyond measure. Even if you feel like you've just failed or you've not completed a project or you don't have the skills to do what you want to do, radically accepting that you're at this place in your journey and it's okay. It's okay. Give yourself permission to be okay in this moment with where you're at and what you're doing and how your body is. I have a couple clients who have a big focus on losing weight. And I, you know, I think that's important. I think that people need to be at a healthy weight where they feel comfortable. I want people to feel healthy and happy and secure and confident in their bodies. But the first step to doing that is accepting where you're at currently, is looking in the mirror and saying, okay, body, okay, self. I love you right now. This isn't my favorite version of me right now, but I love you and I'm going to cherish you and I'm going to nurture you. When the beginning of a weight loss journey starts with, okay, get ready to change. You know, you're not good enough. This is not what I want you to look like. This needs to be different. Your body instantly and your mind instantly go into protective mode because it feels like it's being attacked. And that is why so many weight loss endeavors, so many diets don't work is because they're not based on love. They're not based on acceptance. They're based on hatred and fear and pain and self-loathing. So who, who's going to respond to that? Would you respond to that if someone told you directly, you know, you need to change, you need to look different, you're not good enough? No. You would not. It's like the same thing as you telling yourself that. There has to be this level of acceptance. There has to be this level of respect. There has to be this level of honoring that leads you to do what you're doing for yourself. For yourself because you know that it's going to serve you. Not because it's going to get you a hot and sexy partner. Not because it's going to make you have more followers, not because it's going to make you look like this to the world, but because you want it, because you want it. And again, I'm saying this from such a a personal place. I have struggled with gaining and losing weight my whole life. I know a lot of it has been based on stress. A lot of it, especially growing up, was just crappy food. My parents didn't know better. I mean, they kind of did, but they didn't. It was the 90s. We were all eating weird shit, Go-Gurts, you know, from a tube and all the weird cookies and Pop-Tarts and stuff coming out. And, you know, we can't, can't blame my parents. And that is actually, perfect segue, 
into the blame game and how that ties in to radical self-acceptance. So when we have trouble accepting ourselves, it is a whole lot easier to blame people. And what I mean by that is when we are triggered by anything, so when when something sets us off or when someone says something that makes you feel a certain type of way, it is so much easier to blame them for you feeling that way or for your circumstances when you can't accept yourself and accept responsibility for your part in it. So, whoops. So, for example, this is again very personal, but I want to share it because it is important and it makes sense. So, in my history with relationships, I frequently, I mean, even with my parents when I was younger, I definitely can have a tendency to get an attitude sometimes when things don't go my way or when something is presented to me that is against what I value or what I believe is true. And I tend to get an attitude. And my beloved partner right now has the ability to, in a way, in a loving way, call me out when I'm having these attitudes. And I have been doing this virtually all my life, what it feels like. And so when I hear this from another person, the first person who has ever honestly brought it to my attention, it is very difficult for me to absorb. Very difficult. It's becoming easier because I'm working on it, but it it's not it's not easy to accept that I have an attitude, that I'm acting sour, that I overreacted to something. No one wants to hear that, you know, but in reality, it's true. And so what happens when I'm not able to accept the fact that I, I am having an attitude or that I am needing to be responsible for the way I'm acting, I tend to shut down. So I'll stop talking. I'll give the person the cold shoulder. I won't really you know, acknowledge them because I can't accept that in myself. And what happens in my mind is that I blame myself in a way or I start to get angry at myself and beat myself up because I know it's true. On a level, I know exactly what he or she is saying is true. But it's really hard on my ego and on my psyche to be like, girl, you got an attitude. You need to, you need to make this right. You need to do that because it feels like, it feels like I'm giving up. It feels like I'm giving in when, when I apologize or when I'm like, yeah, you're right. You had an attitude. And it's a very, it's a very childish place. It's a very, very childish place that it comes from. And I've been able to recognize it. But again, it has, it has not been easy. It is a hard pill to swallow sometimes. So what happens when I am not able to admit to it and to take responsibility and to rectify the situation, I start blaming. I start blaming the other person for nonsense, for doing things that 
sometimes have absolutely nothing to do with the situation, but in my mind, take the focus off of what I have done wrong because I haven't been able to accept that I was triggered or that I was hurt or that I was confused. You know what I'm saying? And that is not okay. And I'm learning that very often. I'm learning that that I can't do that, that we can't do that, that we cannot put that blame onto others because we lack self-acceptance. We can't do that. And it's so much easier. See, this is the tricky part. It is so much easier to blame other people for the shit that we are doing, you know, for to say, you know, but you were acting like this and you said this and you had your attitude and whatever. It's so much easier to point fingers. But when we turn those fingers around and they're pointing directly back at us, it's a lot more work. When we have to recognize that and take that in and explore it and ask why to ourselves, why we are acting this way, why we've chosen to play the blame game, why we are not accepting this part of ourselves, it's a lot of work. It's a lot more work than just pointing a finger. And that is part of the healing journey. That is where the real growth takes place in ourselves. That is where we have to get honest and open with ourselves and say, you know what? You messed up. You have something inside of you that needs to be heard, that might feel hurt, that might feel betrayed, that might feel emotional, that might feel sensitive, but to recognize that rather than putting that on the other person because it makes everyone feel crazy. I'm telling you, you can ask my boyfriend. <laughs> he has been a huge integral part of my my growth process and it's been great and it's also been very, very difficult because I have come face to face with my selfishness, my self-doubt, my anger, my confusion, my overwhelm, and all of this with myself. You know, a lot of a lot of things have caused these feelings, you know, outside of myself throughout my lifetime, but it's what I choose to do with them that ultimately matters. It's how I choose to interact with them and to interact with the world that really makes a difference. So do you see how they're both connected? This radical self-acceptance, this extreme honoring and respect of ourselves and blame and how when we lack that radical self-acceptance that really strong knowing in ourselves that we are enough and okay and good and blaming other people because when we aren't able to really just be and and have so much love for all parts of ourselves we can be very easily triggered by other people. We can be very easily set off by something someone does. And then when it's noticed, we can blame other people. And that's not fair. Because every time something happens, we have this moment of opportunity to choose how we're going to react. 
Our bodies may feel a certain way. Our minds might start going in circles, but we do have a moment. We do have a moment to choose how we're going to let those words, those actions, whatever it is, affect us. And if we are in radical self-acceptance of ourselves, it's a whole lot easier to just be like, okay, this was what I did. This was my action. This was my reaction. This is a part of me, even though it may have come from a place of fear or confusion or overwhelm, I can accept that it's a part of me and I can move forward, right? So we don't want to keep blaming people. Blaming people only destroys relationships and destroys ourselves because deep down, I mean, I know, deep down we know that it's not their fault. It's not their fault. And deep down we need to understand that there's probably part of them that they have not radically accepted. So it's this circle, it's this big you know, spiral that happens when all of us aren't radically accepting ourselves, we're constantly blaming each other. So when you're blaming someone else, it's probably because their thoughts or their reaction or their words were reflected onto you in a place of them not accepting themselves. I hope that makes sense. We just don't want to continue to put blame on anyone else. And we also don't want to blame ourselves. Blame has no place. Similar to that quote that I shared in the beginning that when you blame others, you give up your power to change. How incredible is that quote? When we blame others, we are not owning our power to, in that moment, change what needs to change for it to be a happy situation, for it to be a good discussion or good communication. We give it up because we're just putting it on the other person and not acknowledging our role in it. So I hope this made sense. I hope this resonated with you on some level. It's something that is very near and dear to my heart, something that I am still doing a lot of work on. I have not figured it out. I am not perfect in this respect. I still get angry. I still shut down. I still push blame, but I am creating this increased mindfulness and awareness around it so that it does not need to continue to happen. No one deserves blame. Everyone wants to feel loved and appreciated. So if we can love and radically accept ourselves and love and radically accept others, there's no place for blame. There's no place for being wrong. There's just how and where we're at. And yeah, again, I'm not saying that once we all radically accept ourselves and others, the world is going to be a perfect place. No, we're still going to disagree with people. We're allowed to have different opinions and thoughts and feelings and belief systems, but there's no need to blame how we are feeling on someone else. Because again, that takes away our power to change. It takes away our power to transform our old habits, our old behaviors, our old stories into something that is going to propel us into good habits, into stories that uplift us and motivate us and move us forward. I really hope that you enjoyed today's podcast and got something out of it. I know I have, even just speaking through it, it's been a big aha moment for me. 
and you were able to witness that. To all of my Earth Body podcast listeners, I would like to extend the offer of a one-on-one discovery session, a health, uh, holistic health coaching consultation with yours truly. And what that consists of, again, is a 45-minute to an hour session, either in person, on Zoom, on Skype, or on the phone, where we look at and discuss your deepest, deepest health and wellness goals, how we could work together, and if we would like to work together. So please, if you feel pulled, if you may need some guidance and assistance in radically accepting yourself. Sometimes we need someone to help us get out of our box, get out of our stories, get out of our heads and into our hearts so that we can really move forward in our lives. Health and wellness is is our lives. You know, we kind of put it in this category of, you know, it's what we eat, it's our lifestyle choices, but without our health, what do we have? We really don't have much if we are sick and sad and not happy and content with the way that we're living our lives in this body. So please, if you feel so inclined or if you know someone who may need a holistic health coach, who needs some loving support, some gentle guidance, some unwavering accountability, please have them contact me. You can get in touch with me on my website, which is mayacarlcoach.com. You can also get in touch with me via Instagram. My handle is at gentle underscore health underscore journey. And you can also email me at maya.h.carl at gmail.com. I'll put all this information in the description. So thank you so much for tuning in. I apologize for some of the background noise. I live very close to a bus station and I don't have the best soundproofing right now. So bear with me as my podcast begins to grow and expand and I have to work with what I got and radically accept my circumstances. This is a great example. So yes, thank you so much for tuning in. Please like, share, comment if you feel so inclined. I would love any and all feedback. If you would like me to talk more about something else, I'm also very, very open to that. So please don't hesitate to contact me. I hope you have a great rest of your week, day, month, year, life.